With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And good evening, I'm Jenna Harner, and welcome to The Final Word, the show that invites you, the fans, into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV right here every Sunday night. And let's get started by introducing you to tonight's three panelists. Please welcome afternoon host at 105.9 The X, Mark Madden. If I may, I'd like to start with a song. Uh-oh. Have you ever <laughs> seen the Flyers win the cup? Have you ever seen the Flyers win the cup? Not for 45 years, you haven't. <laughs> From our partner, GKPittsburghSports.com, Dan Kovacevic. All that was missing was like the double claps there in between here. I don't know. Where's Albie? Who's this other guy on the set? What's happening to this show? Who's this other guy Who's from the Tribune Review and the Steelers radio host? We welcome Tim Benz. <laughs> well, only for you, Dayon and Mark. And, of course, Jenna, would I come out because thanks to Mark's nonstop promotion of it, I've now become hooked on Cobra Kai, and I was binge-watching. I needed the 30-minute break to come here to Channel 11 to make my long-awaited, much-anticipated debut on The Final Word. So thanks, Mark. Now I have something to do when we're done here as well. Well, Tim, we're glad to have you. Some of the topics we'll be talking about tonight, the outlook for the NFL season, the Penguins trying to trade a goaltender. What do the NHL conference final teams have that the Penguins don't? And should the Big Ten get back to football? First, the night's big topic, the Steelers with a few surprising roster moves both yesterday and today. Mark, get us started. What is your take on the Steelers roster moves? Well, first off, Ryan Switzer's small potatoes. Emphasis on the small. It doesn't matter whether he makes the team or not. Daniel McCullers, somebody else can be the backup nose tackle that barely plays. I do like bringing back Sean Davis as a backup safety. He wasn't a good starter. I think he'll be an adequate backup, especially given his familiarity with the Steelers system. I hope they pull the trigger on changing punters because I think Colquitt would be a considerable upgrade over Barry. And even though the third-string quarterback almost never comes into play, last year he did. And Duck being so bad cost the Steelers a playoff spot. If Josh Dobbs is the third-string quarterback last year, the Steelers win another game. So I like the moves. Dan, your thoughts on the moves? Any surprises? Well, I, I'm with Mark on bringing Sean Davis back, but I'll take it a step further. I'd like to see Davis push. Terrell Edmonds. Let's see him get onto the field here. I haven't seen Terrell Edmonds do anything great out there on that defense to say he should be anointed for any reason other than the fact that he was a first-round pick. Well, Davis was a second-round pick of this same organization. Uh, so I, I like bringing him back. I'm okay with bringing Dobbs back. I think that by the time you get to a third-string quarterback debate, as we saw last season, your season's probably shot regardless. Well no, if Dobbs had played last year, I think they win one more game. Yeah, they win one more game. Yeah. And if they win one more game now, to do they what? are going in That's as my the point. seven seed. So they would have gotten in as the sixth seed and gotten their doors blown off with Josh Dobbs playing quarterback in the playoffs or a similar such situation under those circumstances this year. Uh, I will echo the sentiments about Davis being 
more consequential than anything else. If for no other reason, it indicates to me that they are being true about what they're suggesting about not moving Minka Fitzpatrick around as much as we heard earlier in the offseason, because I don't think they've got a lot of desire to put Davis as the deep cover guy with Minka moving down the box that they're going to flip flop as often as some of us thought might be the case in the early offseason. Um, I think that's the more significant uh, movement as opposed to any of the other moves that they had over yeah. the course of the past. And what days. we're still waiting on here is a safety to be a true center fielder and that that's not in the equation yet. But these are again, these are small. Like Mark said, these are small problems. What we're talking about here, it's still going to be a great defense. A great defense indeed. Well, a reminder to keep the comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on your outlook for the NFL season from Facebook. Scotty Rock says so ready for some football. Mm. Yeah, aren't we all yeah. now to Twitter? We have five words. The Chiefs are not repeating and this one from Joey Bag of Donuts. The Big Ben Revenge Tour. That's something we've heard a lot over the last couple weeks. Mark five words with your outlook on the 2020 NFL season. First off, I'm not sure exactly what Ben would be getting revenge for. But my five words are, they play no matter what. The NFL single-mindedness about playing through the pandemic has been oddly admirable. JFK assassination, Hindenburg disaster, Lindbergh baby kidnapping, body comp piled up outside the stadium. The NFL will play no matter what. We're going to see an NFL season for sure. Dayan, your five words. Wait, did we just mix... Hindenburgs and Lindberg's and everything else into that one. It's my poetic way of speaking, Dejan. It's okay. why people watch. At least it was without song. Uh, I'll go with Ben's going to knock him dead. Uh, watching him at Heinz Field in this training camp, it's not just the, the velocity of the throws. It's not just the precision. It's the timing. He's been unbelievable. He's hitting receivers just as they break off routes. It's been beautiful to watch anybody who's doubting him. And that's what I think the revenge aspect is. I, I think they're in for a very pleasant surprise. Uh, my five words will be Steelers finish 10 and six. Uh, with that defense, maybe even if the Lindbergh baby is the quarterback before Josh Dobbs <laughs> or Duck. Um, Mark, I thought you made a very salient point a couple weeks ago when you talked about how uh, the defense probably isn't going to be quite as dynamic to the point that it can carry the team as much as it did last year. So maybe the defense doesn't win two extra games as it did a season ago. But Ben being back balances that out to the point that he probably does win two games that they didn't a year ago. And 10 and 6 probably gets you, if not the top wild card, the second best wild card. Steelers going 10 and 6. Mark it down. Well, the 2020 season kicks off Thursday night right here on Channel 11. Chiefs and the Texans at 8:20 p.m. We're going to turn to hockey next. What do those four conference finals teams have that the Penguins don't have? One of our contributors says speed, defensive and defense and good coaching. The panel debates next on the final word. Stay with us. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the final word. And welcome back to the final word. I'm Jenna Harner with Mark Madden, Dane Kovacevic, and Tim Benz. We're going to drop the gloves now. What's a realistic trade expectation for Matt Murray? And would the Pens be able to get more if they put Tristan Jari on the trade block? Tim Benz, start us off here. I think a realistic expectation for Murray now has moved up to at least a fairly good second round draft choice, if not a player and a decent pick. A player that could play, say, in their top nine or at least in their top six on defense, cable ready. Uh, that's because what we saw with Jake Allen, Jake Allen going for a third. I think Matt Murray's a better goaltender than him. And to answer your second question, Jenna, I don't think so. I, I don't think you can get uh, much more for Tristan Jari than you could for Matt Murray, largely because I think a lot of general managers across hockey, whether it's practical right now to think this way or not, really are in love with this two-time Stanley Cup winning goaltender thing that he's got. His resume, I think, carries more than Jari's potential in youth. Proven experience seems to be a selling point for sure. From Twitter, probably a second round pick or equivalent value in an existing NHL player. Maybe able to dump a contract they don't want along with it to free up cap space. Basically the same for Jari. Dan, your thoughts? Paul, before we presume that the draft picks will be what's coming in return, remember that this is a general manager that doesn't really care to have draft picks. So he's going to be looking for younger players. He's going to be looking for younger guys that would come in and help support the team right away. That's going to be his principal concern. There are teams out there. Uh, I agree with Tim that Murray's worth more than Jake Allen. Uh, but when you look at Colorado, a team that really needed goaltending even before Philip Grubauer went down, both of the Alberta teams who fancy themselves as, as contenders could use a goaltender. And GMs get so enamored with so-and-so won a Stanley Cup championship at some point. They see that as some kind of big breakthrough in a career. So there might be somebody that overpays. There are some teams in need, that's for sure. Mark, your thoughts? Well, I see some dipstick down here on Twitter saying they should trade Murray in a package with Gensel. Yeah, that would really oh help boy. the team get younger and faster. Yeah. Uh, first off, Jari wouldn't bring nearly the return that Murray would because, like Dejon said, uh, Murray has two rings and GMs are enamored with that. Whatever he's lost, GMs are going to figure that Murray is, can get that back on their watch or at least fool themselves into believing. Although my main hope was Billy Guerin in Minnesota, their GM, who was an executive mm -hmm. and a player with Pittsburgh, I was hoping he'd be a target, but I hear that he's not. But there are plenty of teams that want to trade for Murray. The return will be more than I thought, but second-round pick or the equivalent, that now sounds about right. And you got to wait for that free agency class we should have brought up here. I mean, there's a lot of unrestricted free agents that will go out there without having to be traded. Well, unless somebody really thinks Murray's the guy and wants to get him tied right. up right. and signed, yeah. you got to do that too right mm -hmm. away. And I'm hearing that the Colorado buzz is real. I've heard two people out in Colorado say that there's a little fire uh, to this trade rumor conversation. So uh, I do think that that is a team that's very much in play as is potentially Toronto and those two Alberta teams that Dan mentioned before. Well, we'll stay on the ice here. The final four, Tampa Bay, the New York Islanders, Vegas and Dallas. What do those teams have that the Penguins don't, Dan? Well, they advanced. <laughs> I'll start with the obvious one. I think all four are so different that it's hard to come up with any one thing or any primary characteristic there. Uh, more than anything, looking from the Penguin standpoint, just from their viewpoint and having spoken with Jim Rutherford about this in the past week, they just need to get younger, fresher, faster. 
And I know that's easier said than done, but we also would never have envisioned that John Marino would come along out of nowhere and make the defense that, that Marcus Pedersen would have had for such a low cost uh, and make the defense younger. Uh, he wants to see them get younger and more mobile on defense, but then he's also still employing Jack Johnson, so we'll see how that goes. Younger, faster, stronger words that Rutherford has echoed. From Facebook, Pat says, one thing that one team has and doesn't seem to want, Mark andre Fleury. Tim, what do you think about that? Okay, yeah. I mean, they, they might get a veteran backup goaltender, and if it's a guy who wants to be here and a guy that can still play in Mark andre Fleury, that would be fantastic. Uh, I just would prefer that they allocate their cap dollars and what room they have elsewhere first before they might have to pay enough to get Flurry. For as much as Flurry may want to come back, he's still going to cost something, and I hope they don't prioritize that. And I hope when he comes back here, at least the fans are willing to give Jari a little breathing room, more breathing room than they gave Flurry when he was a commensurate age and a starting goalie here in Pittsburgh. And the Flowers agent won't Photoshop a sword going through Tristan Jari's chest. <laughs> Mark, your thoughts on what these four teams have that the Pens don't? Uh, the Penguins don't have a grip on who they are. That's what they need is a grip. These teams understand exactly what they have and they execute thereof. The Penguins see themselves not as they are, but as they used to be and still want to be. And that especially applies to the three stars at the top of the totem pole. If the Penguins can acquiesce to their age just a little bit and understand what they do and don't have, they would be a much better team for that. We'll go back to football, the college game. The Big Ten can't seem to figure out a way to get back on the field while the college football season is already underway. Should the Big Ten find a way back and will they regret it if they don't? Mark, we'll start with you on this one. I think they should have tried to play uh, and I think they will regret that. I think the Pac-12 will as well. But once Trump said they should play, he politicized it to the point where it'll never recover from that. And now it would almost be more trouble than it's worth if they do. From Twitter, should have waited, sort of look bad by jumping the gun, but I guess better to err on the side of caution. DK, your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts on college football. <laughs> I just blow it up. I mean, the fact that there isn't a single regulation or single organization that oversees all of this is so ludicrous that I can't even. Tim, what do you got on this? I got nothing. <laughs> well, here. here's what I got. I'll tell you what I got. I got a league that realized it was going to get sued either way and is changing its mind now. Uh, we're in the state that we are in when it comes to any league or sport dealing with COVID-19 related matters out of fear of litigation. That's as much as it is safety, it's fear of litigation. And I don't think the Big Ten took seriously the prospect of players, parents, individuals suing them without making their TV money first. So if they're gonna get sued either way, sued by somebody who gets COVID down the line or sued now by players and family members who don't see their kids have the opportunity to perform on the college level, they're thinking right now, well, I guess we should just play. Well, if we're going to get sued, let's make many the TV times money over, anyway. Tim, after the Penn State physician came out with the singular and isolated myocarditis statement in the past week, I mean, that wasn't exactly something that had everybody going, hey, let's go play football. If we look too closely at medical records, I wouldn't be here tonight. <laughs> there was outrage pretty much on every side of this discussion. Well, when we come back, we go around the horn on any topic. The final word is next. The final word.
It's time now for the final word. Everybody gets a chance. We start with our newest panelist, Tim Benz. Well, I saw the Muppets trending on Twitter quite a bit this week. I guess it was the anniversary of their first launch on television in 1976. Everybody came out with their list of top five Muppets, and not one list included Dr. Bunsen Honeydew and all of his fantastic contributions to science. The man did it with no eyes. What a lack of appreciation. What an inspiration he is to all of us. And if Dr. Bunsen Honeydew was in charge of the CDC, we would have been out of this COVID situation in May. An inspirational scientist at that. Mark, your final word. Well, I think that Avalanche goalie didn't have any eyes and it really oh, cost wow. his team. Uh, I'm a big Jim Rutherford guy. And I agree with, you know, all the trades he makes. I think they even out. I think there's more good than bad. I think he's an excellent GM. But he's got to quit beating the drum that the Penguins need more intensity and hunger. Intensity and hunger are fictional. They're assigned after the fact. You never hear about the championship team that didn't really care that much. And you never hear about the losing team that had a ton of intensity. It's just like leadership. It's applied after the fact. Mark Messier is the greatest leader in hockey history. He didn't make the playoffs his last eight years in the NHL. I don't think he forgot how to lead. Dan, your final word. Well, I was going to take Tim's topic and yours and start talking about the Swedish chef since we have some Muppets and some hockey, but I'll instead go to the work, Pirates. Work, work. I was over at PNC Park today. Uh, I know not many people are paying attention to them anymore, but ever since Miguel Del Pozo, the worst reliever any of us has ever seen in our lifetimes, has take, been taken out of the bullpen. The Pirates have the second best bullpen in the majors. This is going back a month now. This is crazy, but it's also testament to what you can do if you give guys an opportunity and they actually seize it. The Pirates have been 9-9 nine and nine in their last 18. Some players are doing that, but guess what? Other players still aren't. And now our final word from social media. Mark, you'll appreciate this, but I'm not going to sing it. Have you ever seen the Flyers win the Cup? They've done a lot of trying, but unless you're close to dying, then you've never seen the Flyers win the Cup. <laughs> well, sports-wise, whoever wins the Western Conference <laughs> Final is going to be the one who wins the Cup. However, my final word earlier this week, at the Lincoln City Council meeting in Lincoln, Nebraska, a man named Ander Christensen got up and spoke about how Boneless chicken wings are, quote, blasphemy, and the time for change is oh, now. Yeah. You know Amen. He's Amen. 100% right. I like that we're all in agreement on that one. No, are, we're not. No, <laughs> oh, no, we're not. Well, boneless chicken wings are, they're just chicken nuggets covered in sauce. That's it. That's what they are. This is true. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us on The Final Word. Have a great night.